Welcome to Living Truth Radio, a ministry of Living Truth Christian Fellowship with Pastor Michael Lands. It's our goal to build up believers and to reach out with God's truth to all people. And now, here's Pastor Michael. I want you to turn to John chapter 1. You're going to see an allusion between John 1 and Genesis 1. They both start the same way in the beginning. If you've done any kind of, of apologetics work or debates with our friends and Jehovah's Witnesses, John 1.1 has come up. And John 1.1 is a power-packed verse. And it says this, In the beginning, if you've never uh, written this before, John is directly alluding to Genesis 1.1, so you should just write Genesis 1.1 right there in your Bible. In the beginning was the Word. Now we know from John 1.14 that the Word is Jesus because it says, And the Word became flesh and tabernacled or dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Now look at John 1.1. In the beginning, direct allusion to Genesis 1.1, affirming that there was a beginning was the Word. That's Jesus, we know from verse 14. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He, keep reading, was in the beginning with God, All things came into being by him. Jesus is the subject. And apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. Brothers and sisters, the one who died for you on the cross, the one who was born on that Bethlehem night, the one who lived the perfect life that you could never live, the one who died on the cross and rose from the dead in the very history in which we live is the creator of the sun, moon, and stars. In fact, the Bible says without him, there would not be one thing. You and I and the universe in which we live would not exist unless Jesus Christ decided to make it. That is pretty phenomenal. Uh, I was playing golf one day and I tried to engage this guy in uh, a conversation about the Lord and I said, do you believe in God? And he goes, well, I'm not sure. I'm kind of an agnostic. And I said, well, what do you make of all the creation that you see around you? And he said, boy, that, that's, that's a hard one. It sure does look like there's a designer behind it. And I said, did you know that the Bible teaches that the one who made all of this is Jesus? The one that we sing about at Christmas, the one that we talk about died on the cross is the one who made all of this, including you. It kind of, he was a little staggered by what I said. Because I don't think people often make the connection, but that's what the Bible teaches. If you go to Colossians 1, go to your right. If you're interested, John 1, Colossians 1, Hebrews 1, and Revelation 1 all say that Jesus is the creator. John 1, Colossians 1, Hebrews 1, and Revelation 1. But for our purposes, we'll go to Colossians 1 for a second. Just keep going to your right, you'll get there. Colossians chapter 1. And I want to read something that Solomon said. At the end of his book, Ecclesiastes, he said, Remember also your Creator in the days of your youth before the evil days come. And the years draw near when you will say, I have no delight in them. Before the sun, the light, the moon and the stars are darkened and the clouds return after the rain. The Bible encourages us from the wisest man that ever lived, except for Jesus Christ, to remember your Creator when you're young. What kind of attack have our young people had come at them in regard to the Creator? 
Well, we know what's happening right now. In most public schools, they're not taught anything about the possibility of a creator, but they're taught that they just evolved from some sort of substance eons ago. But the Bible teaches us just the opposite. In fact, it says Jesus is the creator. Look at verse 15 of Colossians 1. It says, he, Jesus, is the image of the invisible God. He's the firstborn of all creation. Now, our Jehovah's Witness friends love to jump on that because they say firstborn means just what it says. Firstborn, the first one born. They write in their materials, the first one born to Pharaoh is called, called the firstborn. The first one born to any family is called the firstborn. Therefore, Jesus was the first one born, the first product of Yahweh, created directly by Jehovah, they would say. But that's interesting because Colossians 1.15 that they're always talking about doesn't say that he's the firstborn of Jehovah. It says he's the firstborn of what? All creation. That's rather interesting because that would mean if their argument, if you take it to its logical conclusion, it would mean that Jesus is the first one birthed by creation. But the passage is teaching just the opposite. The passage is teaching that Jesus birthed creation, not that creation birthed Jesus. Everybody with me? Your heads hurt a little bit? It's all right. Keep reading. It's very clear when you look at a verse, just take it in its context. For by him, Jesus, how many? All things were created, both in the heavens and the earth. Look at what he made. Visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created by him and they are, notice, for him. He is before all things, Colossians 1.17, and in him all things hold together. He's not only the creator, He's the sustainer of the universe. The only reason it doesn't fall apart, according to the Bible, is Jesus Christ and his power. He holds it all together, and he keeps me personally from falling apart. How about you? You see, to know my creator has made sense of everything in my life. Doesn't it make sense that if somebody created you, to know him would be the most important thing you could ever do with your life? Make sense? I mean, it's only logical. If he made you, then life wouldn't make sense until you know this creator. Now, Jesus, in his high priestly prayer, if you go back to John 17, says something really intriguing. John 17, he's praying. He's getting ready to die on the cross, praying to his father. And Jesus is about to reach back behind the creation of the world. He says these words, John 17, 5. Now glorify thou me together with thyself, Father. John 17, 5. With the glory which I had with thee before, what? The world was. Father, I desire that they also whom thou hast given me be with me where I am, in order that they may behold my glory which I had, which thou hast given me, excuse me. For thou did love me before the foundation, NIV. You loved me before the creation, of the world. In the beginning tells you that there was a starting point. Therefore, time itself had a beginning. Many people who look at scripture and listen to some of our arguments as Christians, we're always talking about things needing a cause. So there's a cause and effect and there there has to be a cause behind what's here. And so the smart aleck critic says, "Then who made God, Christian?" Tell me that one. <laughs> well, that's not that hard. 
Because God is not bound by time. He made time. Go to 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1. Remember when we studied uh, Romans 9, 10, and 11, and I was trying to teach you about God's sovereignty and free will? And it's, it's 2 Timothy 1. And it's one of those head scratchers, and you try to get your arms around it, but God is not bound by time. Therefore, He does not have to be created. He created time. He's the uncaused cause. We're bound in time. Everything we see has a beginning and an end. And we think, well, God has to be that way. No, He doesn't. He made time. In fact, 2 Timothy 1 time says, 1 9 says, yeah, way too much in the brain. He saved us, 2 Timothy 1 9, and called us with a holy calling not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was granted us in Christ Jesus. Some have it from all eternity. I think the New King James says, before time began. Anybody got NIV? What's NIV say? Before the beginning? Something like that? Anybody? No NIV people here? Before the beginning of time. Get this. Before the beginning began... Jesus was there. That makes him God. You can't be there before the beginning began and before time began and be anything but eternal God. Hello? John 1.1 emphatically teaches that Jesus is God. He's the beginner before the beginning, I know, began. That makes him eternal. Moses wrote Psalm 90. Go back to Genesis 1. You can see why we're only going to get through two verses. And Moses wrote, From everlasting to everlasting, you are God. God is the beginner. He didn't have a beginning. He's the cause. He's the Aleph Tav in Hebrew, the Alpha and Omega in Greek, the beginning and the end. Are you with me? He is it. He's why we're here. And he is powerful creator. In the beginning, Bereshit, God Elohim. By the way, the name for God used in Genesis over 30 times is always Elohim. L-E-L is the name for God. At least one of the ways that God is, God's name is rendered. And the ending is plural. So that every time you see God in Genesis 1, it's Elohim, and it's revealing the triune nature of God. I just told you that Jesus is the creator, yet we all know that the Father made everything, and we're about to see the Holy Spirit brooding over the surface of the deep. All three members of the Trinity are already here, and they are all three responsible for creation. The triune God. Now some people say, I don't understand the Trinity. Yeah? Welcome to the club. I can't put the Trinity up on a blackboard to satisfy anybody or everybody, but I can write, I can put a Trinitarian triangle, put God's name in the middle, put the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit on each of the corners and say, the Father's not the Son, the Son's not the Spirit, the Spirit's not the Father. And I can draw it, but I'm not sure we all completely can comprehend it. I can apprehend it, but I'm not, I can't comprehend it. But look at, if you're struggling with that, number one, 
When, isn't it cool that God is three and one and one and three? Because there, there should be things about God that you can't quite comprehend for your little brain. Amen? Number two, if you're struggling so much with the Trinity, if you believe Genesis 1-1 that God spoke the universe into existence, you should have no problem with the triune nature of God. I mean, I, sometimes I'm debating somebody and I say, do you believe Genesis 1-1? Oh, yeah, I do. You believe that God spoke the universe into existence and you're struggling with his triune nature? I mean, come on. Explain to me how he spoke stars out there and planets and whales and all these different things, yet he did. If you accept Genesis 1-1, you'd have no problem with the rest of the Bible, including the resurrection. God created. Bara is the Hebrew for created. It means he created from non-existing materials. He designed things that were not. He called things into existence that previously did not exist. Scientists having a debate with God. God, we can do what you can do. We clone things now. We do all the scientific stuff. God says to the scientists, okay, let's have a contest. We'll see who can make a better human from the dust of the earth. Scientist says, fine, let's, let's go ahead. I'm going to take some of this dirt. God says, no, get your own dirt. Notice the word heavens is plural and the word earth is aretz. Some scholars believe that Genesis 1-1 is simply a summary statement and then we'll get the detail. So God created in a general summary statement. There are others that believe that Genesis 1-1 is the raw materials. Henry Morris says, what you have is the basic space mass time universe in Genesis 1-1 and then God will begin to bring form to that which is at this point not completely formed. Or it is, in one sense, chaotic at this point, and he's going to bring order to it. Um, Hebrews 11.3 says, By faith we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God, so that what is seen was made out of things which are, uh, out of things which are visible. God made ex nihilo. He made out of nothing. In diameter, uh, the sun, we're talking about 93 miles from the earth. Our next nearest star is Alpha Centauri. It's five five times larger than our sun. The moon is only 211,463 miles away. You could walk to it in 27 years. A ray of light travels at 186,000 miles per second. So a beam of light would reach the moon in only one and a half seconds. We could travel at that speed. It would take two minutes and 18 seconds to reach Venus, four and a half minutes to reach Mercury, one hour and 11 seconds to reach Saturn, and so on. To reach Pluto, 2.7 billion miles from Earth would take nearly four hours. You could travel at the speed of light. Having got that far, we would still be well inside our own solar system. The North Star is 400 trillion miles away but is still nearby in relation even to known space. The star Betelgeuse is 880 quadrillion miles away. That's 880 followed by 15 zeros from us. It has a diameter of 250 million miles, which is greater than that of the Earth's orbit. Where did it all come from? Who conceived it? Who made it? It cannot be an accident. Somebody had to make it. And the Bible says the one who made it is Jesus Christ. 
we haven't even begun to tap what's out there in the known universe, let alone what's beyond that. I'm hoping that they're going to have guided tours in the afterlife because I think we're ahead for some awesome, awesome things. The earth, verse 2, we're almost out of time, was formless, tohu in Hebrew, and void, bohu in Hebrew. And darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God, the third person of the Holy Spirit, uh, of the Holy Trinity, this would be Ruach Elohim. Some believe it means wind or power, and it's the same word, Ruach. But I would say it's the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters. The idea of the language is he was brooding over the surface of the waters and then God's about to do something incredible. He's about to say, and God said, let there be light. And light was. And next Sunday, Pastor Mel is going to tell you a little bit more about light. By the way, he's holding degrees in physics and he studies astronomy and he'll tell you more about that. And So come prepared. Eat your donut early. You need all the brain power you can get. I looked on the earth, Jeremiah says, 423, and behold, it was formless and void into the heavens and they had no light. God says, Isaiah 45, 7, I am the one forming light and creating darkness, causing well-being and creating calamity. I am the Lord who does all these things. I want to leave you with Proverbs 8. Let's go there. Right after the Psalms, go to Proverbs chapter 8, the wisdom book. Proverbs is a book of wisdom. Proverbs 8 has often been confused about talking about Jesus, but it's actually talking about wisdom. Wisdom is personified in Proverbs 8. And I want you to see this insight we get into creation. Proverbs 8, 22. Wisdom is the subject personified, and it says, The Lord possessed me, 8, 22, at the beginning of his way. Before his works of old, from everlasting I was established. From the beginning, from the earliest times of the earth, Proverbs 8.24. When there was no depths or no deep as we have in Genesis 1.2, I was brought forth. When there were no springs abounding with water, before the mountains were settled, before the hills I was brought forth. While he had not yet made the earth and the fields, nor the first dust of the world. When he established the heavens, I was there. When he inscribed or drew a circle on the face of the deep, it's interesting, the spherical um, ball that we are on right now, uh, the Bible says this about its spherical nature. When he made firm the skies above, when the springs of the deep became fixed, when he set for the sea its boundary, and he said to the ocean, you can't go any further, and it obeyed him. You're going to stop right there. And it listened. God set the boundaries for everything. In fact, he says to Job, where were you when I fixed all this stuff? If you're going to question God, when the springs of the deep became fixed, 29, when he set the sea for the sea, its boundaries so that the water should not transgress his command, when he marked out the foundations of the earth, then I was beside him, says wisdom, as a master workman. I was daily his delight, rejoicing always before him, rejoicing in the world, his earth, having my delight in the sons of men. Job 38, verse 7 says, the angels even witnessed the creation and they shouted for joy. Could you imagine being there as he threw out stars and breathed huge creatures in the sea and colors and, oh, 
This is the God that you worship on Sunday morning. This is the God who made you and the world and everything in it. This is the one who is the beginning and the end. Isaiah says, lift up your eyes and look. See who has created these stars, the one who leads forth their host by number. He calls all of them by name. Because of the greatness of his might and strength of his power, not one of them is missing. And right now astronomers tell us in the Milky Way galaxy alone there exists between 200 and 400 billion stars. Did you hear that number? Just in the Milky Way galaxy, 200 to 400 billion stars and God's got a name for each of them. And the whole purpose of Isaiah 40 is to tell you, if he named the stars, please hear me, he's not going to forget about you. Why do you say, O Jacob, and assert, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord? The justice due me escapes the notice of my God Do you not know and have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, earth, does not become weary or tired. His understanding is inscrutable. He gives strength to the weary. And to him who lacks might, he increases power. Though youths grow weary and tired, and vigorous young men stumble badly. Yet those who wait for the Lord or hope in the Lord will gain what? New strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary. Father, thank you for the power of your word. There's so much more that we could say this morning, but it is enough to say in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. They were formless and and void, but you gave them design and purpose. You shaped and molded planets and stars and the sun, the moon, the stars. And you made Adam from the dust of the ground and breathed into him life. The Bible tells us in John 1.1 that in Jesus was life, that life is the light of men. Lord, our world is broken. Many confused and lonely people. Many debates happening. But Father, I pray that we will look back to the beginning and back to the beginner and find our way home. Help us, Lord, to reach out to you. You said through Paul, you're not far from each one of us. In you we live and move and have our being. Some of the poets, even of the Gentiles, said, you're not far from each one of us. If you're a person here who's not committed your life to the God of the Bible through Jesus Christ, reach out to him. He's not far. In fact, he's here. He's a prayer away. You've got to acknowledge him as Lord and Savior. Stop doing it your own way and do it his way. It's something like this if it's you. Just cry out to him, Jesus, save me. Thank you that you made me. You died for me. And you rose from the dead. I repent of my sin and I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. Please make me new. Give me a new start. Father, I pray that 
anyone reaching out to you right now, you'll just bless them with the sweetness of your presence. Your loving goodness will surround them. No matter what questions they're facing, they would find uh, their answers in your face. I ask over this precious congregation that you'll bless them with your peace and the hope that we have, that we know where we came from and where we're going and how this is going to end. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. This is the story of Scripture, and there's no better place, I think, even you know, thinking of today's society and today's culture. And at the time that this we began preaching this book at the fellowship was a desire to get back to the beginning. That's the really the title of the series, Back to the Beginning, to get back to God's heart regarding life, creation, purpose, marriage. You know, early in the book of Genesis is this uh, triumphant verse, for this cause a man shall leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. This theme runs through the Bible and you have the family. You have Christ and the church pictured in marriage. Uh, Christ and his bride pictured in this beautiful oneness that God has created in marriage. And you know, so many things, folks, are under attack these days. The God of the Bible is under attack. The Bible itself is under attack. A lot of traditional things are under attack and even what we might call traditional thinking. But in the end, what we need to do is go back to the Bible, back to the beginning, back to the beginner. And that's what we're going to do in the book of Genesis. And so we're excited to present this book to you. 50 incredible chapters. I think you're going to really enjoy the verse-by-verse teaching. And uh, we're going to enjoy bringing it to you here on Living Truth Radio. And so we just... I want to encourage you to not only uh, stay tuned and and listen every day, but tell a friend about the program that you're hearing here. And then also, as always, please keep us in prayer and contact us. If you are um, someone who has never contacted us before, use the contact form at livingtruthradio.org and let us know who you are, where you listen, and how the program has been a blessing to you. And if you can help us out financially, you can also give to the ministry through our website at livingtruthradio.org. If you'd like to mail in support, the church is located at 1009 Arsenal Way. Just think of the armor of God. 1009 Arsenal Way, Corona, California, 92880. Again, that's Living Truth. 1009 Arsenal Way, Corona, California, 92880. We appreciate you listening. Tell a friend about the program, and we will catch you next time on Living Truth Radio. God bless you. Thank you for listening to today's program. If you'd like to listen to this message again, learn more about our church in Corona, or to access archived messages, Go to livingtruthradio.org and click on the church tab. You can follow us on Instagram at livingtruthcorona or download the Living Truth Christian Fellowship app on Apple and Android devices. Living Truth Radio is a listener-supported ministry. You can partner with us by donating at livingtruthradio.org.